Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. This is the Lembit Opic Show on today's news talk radio, TNT. Good morning, one and all. It is four minutes past six Greenwich Mean Time, meaning that uh, the United Kingdom is slowly waking from its slumber. But you're probably driving home if you're in Sydney, uh, where it's uh, obviously four minutes past five in the evening. Same uh, goes for those in Perth, where it's mid-afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to TNT Radio, the home of free speech, and me, Len Bitopic, as we try to shine a light on the events going around the world with our facts our opinions clearly flagged, and your opportunity to have your say. Uh, if you do want to get involved in the conversation, and I really love it when you do, uh, then go to tntradio.live. You'll find there's a chat room there. It just takes 30 seconds to get involved, and then you get the most out of TNT Broadcasting because you can be a participant. TNT is all about giving free speech the space to express itself. And that's why I'm so pleased you're with us today. Coming up in this hour, uh, we've got our regular contributor, Gemma Cooper, with her unique and always erudite take on events of the world. Then we have TNT's very own Simeon Boykov, who is always, always very, very valuable in identifying issues which maybe don't make it into the news in the old legacy media, but we give them the space here. You'll hear Simeon in about 10-15 minutes. Uh, then we've got Gene Tunney, uh, who is an economist, consultant, lecturer and media commentator, talking about uh, what you could describe as the Australian, Australian Immigration Housing Ponzi Scheme. Uh, what's that all about? Well, you may have experienced it as well, in which case I'd love to hear from you in the chat box, uh, but or you can phone in as well, of course, because you'll find the phone numbers uh, also on our website. Well, Gene will explain that. And then we have our regular Omar Khan, uh, a tech wizard, uh, and also somebody who's pretty savvy about what's going on around the world. Uh, if you've got something that's on your mind, then tell us. You can tell us, uh, as I say, on tntradio.live. You can either phone in, the numbers are there, available for you right now, uh, or you can get involved uh, in the chat as well. A couple of stories I'd like to uh, highlight. Here's an interesting one. We've just been hearing Patrick Henningsen talking about this accusation of anti-Semitism uh, towards some very famous Hollywood actors. Well, uh, Karen, let me get her name correct, Karen Haradine, uh, or Haradine, uh, who claims to be an expert on Judaism, uh, is really criticizing the freedom movement because she says anti-Israel propaganda uh, is uh, causing the freedom movement some compromise. Well, uh, she's essentially saying, and I'm quoting her, it's very dangerous and it's wrong, but anti-Semitism is its own virus. And like all viruses, if it's not kept in check, it will proliferate and grow. That's what she said. The question I have is this, can you damn an entire movement because some people who associate with that movement are saying things that you don't like or perhaps you find offensive? Would she extend the same criticism to Israel itself? Or does she think that every single person in Israel is beyond reproach in terms of their moral probity? And this is something, as a former member of parliament in the UK, I have seen happen again and again and again. Individuals who don't like a particular movement get hung up on one or two individuals or even a small group of individuals in that movement and say, therefore, those bad apples 
ruin the barrel. I think that's a dangerous and in some ways a rather cheap argument. At the end of the day, I have never been in any community where everybody is perfect. Let they who are without blame indeed cast the first stone. I'm far from blameless myself in the way I've lived my life. But that doesn't mean the things that I say are necessarily wrong. Hate the sin, but love the sinner. And worse still, I see time and time again in our current political and media environment, this tendency to fixate on some individuals who don't do things the way that you want them to do, and therefore say that the entire movement is incorrect. That is not the right way to do business in politics. It's not the right way to do business in media. But I wonder what do you think? Do you feel that uh, it's acceptable to damn an entire movement because they have tolerated or allowed a small section to get involved who maybe don't say things that you particularly like? Or am I being too charitable? Is free speech going too far? Uh, if you take the view that I take, I'd like to hear from you. Go to tntradio.live. Let me know what you think on that. Uh, perhaps I'm simply saying that none of us are perfect, but it doesn't mean we don't have something that should be heard. Let me know here. I'm Lembit Opic. This is TNT Radio. The latest headlines waiting for you. I follow the news pretty much throughout the day. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Joining me some, now is somebody who is as close to perfect as you'll ever find in the human race. It's Gemma Cooper. Good morning, Gemma. <laughs> well, 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 what a compliment. First thing in the morning here in the UK. <laughs> Utterly wrong, of course. Close to perfect. You must, <laughs> must be joking. You say there, Lembert, that you're far from blameless in the way that you have lived your life. Well, you should come and have a look at mine. Honestly, that's the, po- that's the wonderful thing about being human, the ability to make mistakes, the ability to mess it up and the ability to kind of realize when you have done those things hopefully and get yourself back on a course of correction that's it is the human condition to err is to be human so yeah nobody's perfect but it's interesting there what you've said um that that, that comment about the the freedom movement i really don't like that expression actually but there isn't a better at the moment because it implies we're just this one amorphous group of people that hang out together all the time, mm. move at the same time, do things at the same time, movement. It's a movement. It's not a movement. It's a It's in a group. Well, it's not a group. It's a huge amount around the world, millions who hold anti-establishment views. But within this um, gathering of people who hold these views, there's been a huge polarization of people that were absolutely calling out the virus over the last three and a half years. Many are now supporting Israel. Um, and that's their right to do so. It's, you know, free speech is free speech, as you rightly say. You, it, it, it's it's whatever the human being decides to to focus on. But it is a very mm. polarizing issue, this one. And uh, I wonder if it it, it was uh, thrown onto the world stage to do exactly that, to split a, a movement of people mm. that were becoming increasingly cohesive and now are all fighting each other over Israel, Gaza, Israel, Gaza. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't wager that that kind of thing is. Yeah. beyond the realms of possibility given the crazy world we live in and the crazy people that are in charge of it that's my personal yeah. opinion of course well yes karen haradine the lady who i quoted uh I've, we've actually invited her to come onto the show because i really want to hear her perspective i'm not damning her i just have a concern it sounds to me that she's doing what what you've implied and what, what i've said explicitly which is trying to denigrate well, I call it a freedom movement, but you're right, it's really a mindset uh, on the basis of the behavior 
some people in the movement she doesn't like. It's like saying all drivers in Britain are terrible because somebody crashed a car. I mean, it's just, it just seems a little bit uh, brushstroke to me. But if Karen, if we can get Karen on, I'd very much like to hear her point of view on that as well because that's what free speech is about. Absolutely, and also it's not it's not correct actually because there are plenty of people within the mindset of the freedom movement that are are supporting Israel. Absolutely. Here in the UK, you've got some leading commentators who are absolutely saying no mask mandates, no vaccine passports, no lockdowns um, on on the side of Israel. So it's incorrect to say that the freedom movement, if we call it the freedom Mm -hmm. movement, just for, you know, simplicity, um, it's it's incorrect to say we're we're anti-Semitic and everyone's come out on the side of of Hamas and and Gaza and Palestine. It's it's simply not true. It's not true here Mm -hmm. here in the UK and I don't really understand where she's got that kind of viewpoint from it would be amazing wouldn't it to get her on uh, and, and yeah. talk to her and have a proper conversation and and uh, and see where she's uh, drawing those conclusions from but yeah free speech totally, is free to- speech Totally agree. Uh, I won't go into it now but I used to be uh, a fairly senior contributor to the Holocaust Education Trust but they got rid of me. It was a voluntary position. They got rid of me because they didn't like some of the countries I was associating with. I won't go into it now, but I want to talk with her about that. So that's something to look forward to, folks. If we can get Karen Harding, if you're willing to come on, you'll de- definitely get respect and maybe we'll have a robust conversation. Anyway, uh, Gemma, what else have you seen in the news? Well, I've decided to bring some good news to the table because I uh, I stepped away from the news after leaving the BBC and I was I, it was such a sense of relief actually to not have to focus every single day on all the crazy things that were happening in the world I mean that was my life even before the pandemic came along I, I had to look at all the headlines every day and it can be a rather depressing place and when you take a certain editorial stance as we do here at TNT it's very hard not to think well, blimey, we're heading towards a totalitarian, dystopian future and Agenda 21, Agenda 30 is firmly upon us. But I found a story this morning. It popped up as soon as I logged in. And I thought this is a gift from the gods for me because I was beginning to feel a little jaded yesterday, as I think you may have (laughs) realised. So I found this story. And um, I'm sure you must be aware, I've talked about this on other shows, and I'm sure it might have come across your radar, but there's a high-end supermarket in the north of England here called Booths. And it's uh, ditched all but two of its 28 self-service checkouts as a response to customer feedback. Now, that was a few weeks ago. That story has been discussed here on TNT Radio at length, actually, with different UK presenters. That was a piece of good news. And it was, you know, customers didn't want it. And so the supermarket said, you know what? We're going to take them away. We will take them away. We'll just leave two. If you want to use them, fine. Um, And now it looks like the really big chains in America... And America, you know, which does lead the way in so many things, are following suit. So Costco, Walmart, and Weg- Wegmans, I've never heard of that chain, but I'm sure if you're American, that's that's that you'll be familiar with it. I'm sorry if I haven't pronounced it right. But they're also, they've all announced they're rethinking their use of the self-service checkout. Now you think about how many stores they've got. I mean, Costco have got stores here in the in the UK. So it's a start in the right direction. Now, whether they're listening to customer feedback on this one, where people are saying, we don't want to talk to robots anymore when we are doing our shopping. We don't want robots getting it wrong when you put your bananas on the scale and it doesn't recognize it and all that kind of stuff. Whether they're listening to customer feedback or whether it's more, and I think this is more likely, but I'm going to take this one as a win. Um, It's because nearly 40% of theft in the USA at supermarket checkouts occur at self-service checkouts because nobody's really watching. You've got one harassed 
cashier trying to run between maybe eight to 10 self-service checkouts. So it's easier to, to steal. So I'm thinking maybe it's economics that has brought this in. <laughs> but there's no doubt that, you know, going back to human beings is a step in the right direction for people that do maybe hold the mindset that we hold, that we don't want to go down an artificial intelligence, robotic future. Um, I'll, just to throw in some statistics about the UK, um, since they were introduced, uh, self-service checkouts, they have cost 75,000 retail jobs. So that's people that were, had, you know, good employment in supermarkets, were good at what they did, and they were cast aside in favour of, of technology. So I think, you know, we've had one supermarket in the UK saying, right, we're not going to do it anymore. Uh, and now we've got the big ones looking at this and following behind. So it only takes one little domino, doesn't it? to be pushed over and then the rest start to fall behind. So I'm really hopeful that we're moving away from technology and we're going back to the old ways. I mean, I would say that I'm middle-aged, just get back to the good old days. Um, because I do think if you go into supermarkets now, you can see that people aren't having a particularly good time. Everybody's walking around, nobody's talking to each other, everything, you know, self-scan and all this stuff. And it's not the experience that it used to be even two generations ago where going to the supermarket, going shopping, you know, that you'd stand in the queue, you'd chat to your neighbours, and that used to be a real thing, even when I was a kid. So I'm taking this one as a win, Lembit, today. I'm taking it as a win, and I'm hopeful if I ever go into a Costco now in the UK, there'll be no robotic checkouts in a few months' time, and we'll be back to talking to humans. Who would have thought it? I was I was in a supermarket recently, and I just loathe it. Uh, unexpected item in bagging area. I'm not a professional, <laughs> or oh, please remove previous item. Which one of the 40 items I've just put down there do you want me to take away? And this woman, I just, it's like a dance. I have this problem. It must be doing it wrong. And she keeps coming forwards and backwards. And as you say, she's like a pinball bouncing between all these people. And I know that for people, and then some people shopping is their only socialization and they have to talk to a stupid robot. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And I didn't realize it was 75,000 jobs. That's a lot of jobs. Yeah, it is a lot of jobs. It's a huge amount of jobs, nearly 100,000, best part of 100,000 people out of work in favor of robots. But, you know, all, all we can do looking at this story this morning is take heart because of the size of these uh, supermarket chains. You know, it's Costco, it's Walmart, it's Wegmans. I wouldn't wager that Wegmans is a huge, huge chain in the in the USA. And of course, what America does other countries look to. So even if it's economic, even if they just are thinking we can't take any more hits of shoplifting mm. at these at these at these the so-called tills, you know, 40% of theft and supermarket profits are extraordinarily narrow. I think it's last time I checked, it was between one and four percent profit. I think it's probably lower than that now. That's from my days as a consumer editor on a daily paper here in in the UK. And that was a while mm. ago. So they're, they're frighteningly slim. So I don't think they can afford to take a hit of 40%. So even if it's economic, even if it is, it's not really about human beings. Even if it is, it takes us back to human beings. And in my book, given the way tech is dominating our lives, that can only be a good thing. Nicely put. What do you think about what Gemma Cooper said? Do you like those self-service checkouts? Maybe you're a, a convert to them or would you like to get the humanity back into shopping? Maybe it just doesn't matter to you. Maybe you just want the fastest way possible. Let me know. How do you shop? Go to tntradio.life. Uh, tell me your views. You might be completely opposed to what Gemma has just said. I want to know your views. Looking forward to hearing them. Uh, coming up next, we've got uh, Simon Boykoff with a very interesting take on more developments. You've guessed it in Australia and potentially about visas for Palestine. 
Palestinians. All of that was me, Lembitopic, here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Homeland Security was built with an emphasis of protecting this country. What it's turned into under the Obama years is the targets of terrorists coming into the U.S. after 9-11 were switched. The targets now are the good American people. Anybody that's God-loving or if you go to a school board and you happen to say, hey, I don't want my kids being pushed pornography in the school. This stuff's being pushed on our children and people that went to these school boards and said something they're being targeted by this government this obama biden government same with the catholic church people that have gone to these uh, abortion clinics and prayed they have been targeted one individual uh, had a, a large family one morning on a saturday morning they attacked his house uh, the fbi and police scammer knocked down his door parted him away and his, his crime was that he was praying at abortion clinics basically that's who's being targeted by this biden obama regime joe hoft on tnt radio Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. It's time to switch on today's News Talk Radio. Very entertaining. TNT. Uh, wakey, wakey, 22 minutes past six in the UK, Greenwich Mean Time, and I'm sure this is right now, 22 minutes past five in Sydney, where we're going to in just a moment. Wherever you are in the world, do get in touch, do get involved, go to tntradio.live and get involved in the chat. I'll go to the chat in a short while. Uh, but first up, we've got, or next up, we've got uh, Simeon Boykoff. Uh, the Australian federal government's decision yesterday to grant, eight, I think it's 860 visas to Palestinians fleeing Gaza has caused some controversy in Canberra, with Senator James Patterson lashing out in disbelief. He said, I am seeking reassurance from the government that all the normal checks and processes were followed and that no corners were cut in granting these visas and particularly the security assessments, which often do take quite a significant amount of time, were carried out on this cohort before they came to Australia. That's what Senator Patterson said. According to TNT presenter Simeon Boykov, joining us now, uh, live from Sydney, Senator Patterson is actually a hypocrite who cannot be trusted. Simeon, why is he a hypocrite? Well, let me start by saying that I hate Senator Patterson. Senator James Patterson is a dog. I want to say that off the bat so no one can accuse me of being a hypocrite. I'm being very upfront about my views. Now, Senator Patterson is not being upfront about his views. Senator Patterson doesn't like Palestinians, full stop. In fact, in his maiden speech to Parliament in 2016, I quote, he said that he was a strong supporter of Israel, calling it a shining example to the entire world of how to build a prosperous, tolerant, harmonious, and creative country. Now, that's when Senator Patterson, at 28 years old, uh, first became a uh, politician. And since then, Senator Patterson has been on the record every opportunity he gets to support Israel everywhere along the way. 
Now, that's fine. You can support Israel. You can support Palestine. Either way, I don't care. But the, in this situation in particular, where Senator Patterson has have the has voiced these concerns that corners were cut uh, when it, in relation to these hundreds of visas to Palestinians uh, coming out of Gaza. Now, Gaza, obviously, as we all know, is a place that's under attack by the Israeli army. He's concerned that 860 visas have been approved for Palestinians. Now, Senator Patterson has no concerns for the 1,700 visas that have been offered to Israelis. 1,700, double and a bit. Now, which side is the underdog here? Is it the Israelis or the Palestinians? Well, without going too much into the politics, it's clear that the Palestinians are copying all of the casualties. Senator James Patterson is not somebody who is fit and proper to make these comments from a neutral perspective. He's obviously heavily uh, pro-Israeli. He always has been since the first day he got into the parliament and addressed the Senate in Canberra as a young 28-year-old. He's been a Liberal Party for his whole life. He was the head of the Young Liberals. Not only uh, does he have a heavily pro-Israeli stance and evidently he's uh, biased against the Palestinians, Senator Patterson is the same guy that encouraged people not to go to vote no rallies. I quote, do not go to and vote no rallies promoted by pro-Kremlin activist Simeon Boykov. So during the build-up to the referendum, even though Senator Patterson said he was a no-voter, he actually discouraged people not to go to no-rallies because they were uh, a shameless attempt to push wacky and extreme causes. This is this is why he's a dog, because he gets other people to do the dirty work, like us on the streets. He takes the credit for it, and no wins, and he can't be a man and face up to the facts that he's, he has his own agenda. Now, I'm allowed to have my own agenda because I'm not a politician. I'm not a senator. I'm not part of a Senate committee uh, for foreign influence. I'm not part of uh, the Liberal Party's uh, shadow cabinet. Now, Senator Patterson is. His parliamentary positions have included shadow minister for home affairs, shadow minister for countering foreign influence, shadow minister for cybersecurity. He has been the uh, vice president of the Liberal Club, vice president of the Australian Liberal Students Federation, and as I mentioned earlier, president of the Young Liberal Movement uh, in 2009. Senator James Patterson wants to talk about foreign influence, and he's accused me, Simeon Boykov, directly in the Senate of foreign influence when it came to uh, commentary on Russia, Ukraine, and even the no vote situation. Uh, Mike Burgess, head of Asia, as we know, cleared me of any foreign influence into the uh, uh, referendum process. Senator Patterson needs to be more level-headed and less biased and more fair and more neutral if he's a senator. It's okay if there's a a rabbi supporting Israel or a mufti supporting Palestine. That's expected. That's understandable. But as a senator, he is criticizing the Australian government's decision. He's criticizing Penny Wong and Albanese uh, for giving 800 or so visas to Palestinians. Again, 1,700 were offered to Israelis, and that's perfectly fine. He didn't say anything about that. Prime Minister Albanese has answered Senator Patterson's concerns, saying that these visas that are being offered to Palestinians are given to people who have close links to Australia and had been subject to appropriate security checks. Uh, Mr Albanese went on to say that these are not permanent visas, these are temporary visas. Uh, Senator Patterson said that he is seeking reassurance from the government that all normal checks and processes were followed. What is that supposed to mean? You can, you can feel the bias exceeding through his comments, Senator Patterson simply does not want to give visas to Palestinians. But bad luck for Senator Patterson, because the Labor government, uh, in the uh, face of 
Penny Wong and Albanese are very heavily influenced by their own constituency, the left. And the left, of course, have always been very pro-Palestinian. Patterson says that to grant more than 800 visas in just six weeks will be an extraordinary level of efficiency. I really hope pressure has not been put on ASIO or the Department of Home Affairs to cut any corners or do this more quickly than they already would. Again, 800 visas for Palestinians, 1,700 have been offered to Israelis. Senator Patterson didn't say that they should be doing security checks and identity checks on the Israelis. For some reason, Senator Patterson is biased against Palestinians. That's because Senator Patterson has always been biased against Palestinians. My problem with Senator Patterson is he claims or he is part of uh, a committee, a Senate committee on countering foreign influence. We all know what foreign influence goes on in this country, in Australia, and you can see from Senator Patterson's words that he's the person who should be investigated for foreign influence, not Simeon Boykov, who's just having his say, I'm allowed to have my say. I don't take a position in the Senate. I don't have a uh, mandate in front of the Australian people to be uh, neutral or fair or non-biased. I can be as biased as I like because my opinions are my own. Uh, a couple of thoughts there. First of all, there's a kind of inverse flattery in the fact that he sought fit to... Uh, mention you in the state legislature in, in the legislature that's quite an achievement maybe he thinks you're more powerful than he is um, the second thing is uh, I wonder why I, and this confuses me why did he support a no vote but didn't want people to go and demonstrate for a no because they don't want the no vote to become a wide-ranging uh, national opposition movement which is what oh. they were afraid of they were afraid of the crowds oh. and the people on the ground doing the uh, work because these are the same people that have been fighting for freedom those who fought against no fought against mandates fought against the lockdowns and senator james patterson just like peter dutton were passively for the no but they didn't appreciate the fact that it was a anti-government position if you scratch the surface senator patterson from the liberal party uh is on the same team as albanese and penny wong when it comes to issues about freedom about uh identify and disrupt bill about the misinformation bill so they only pretend to have this sort of uh, rivalry but they certainly disagree on the position of importing refugees from palestine senator james patterson on the 13th of october declared that he is proud to stand with israel and the jewish community today and always he's uh, a very close associate of the zionist federation of australia uh, he says that uh, jewish people are entitled to feel safe he stands with the jewish community in israel uh, he says, after September 11, everyone agreed Al-Qaeda must be destroyed. Well, now Hamas must be destroyed. This is Senator James Patterson words. If he's saying that Hamas must be destroyed, of course he's going to oppose 800 visas for Palestinians. I just hope there's more outrage in the community. Uh, we need to identify characters like Senator Patterson. He's not a Jewish person himself. In fact, he describes himself as being agnostic, but he's part of the sort of, uh, his allies with the whole Zionist establishment. And I'm only saying that word because that's what they call themselves, the Zionist Federation of Australia. So Senator Patterson, mate, if I could have my uh, uh, my way with him, I certainly would. He, uh, he would be stripped of all his uh, positions in the Senate. And I hope, Senator Patterson, you watch this broadcast from TNT Radio because, uh, you know, I am fixated onto you because you have been fixated onto me. You've gone out of your way to uh, block any attempts anywhere uh, for our sort of um, 
voice, our democratic process. You, you do see uh, people like myself as a threat. You're right about that, Lambert. Senator Patterson, mm. he's, a, he's a shadow minister, he's a senator, but he spends his time in the media encouraging people not to go to protests organised by uh, the freedom movement. I mean, what a disgrace. He must have so much work to do, you know, being in the Foreign Interference Committee, the Shadow Minister for Home Affairs and so forth, the Shadow Cabinet Minister, but uh, he lowers himself to our level. Uh, I say that in a respectful way to our side. Uh, it's a, it's a, it is a compliment. It's a, it's a example of people's power. And Senator Patterson, don't trust this guy. He, he cannot uh, be the person preaching to the crowd about foreign influence when he himself is taking sides so blatantly in the Israel-Palestine situation. Just one quick one. Uh, just looking at the chat. Yes, good good morning, all of you. Uh, good morning, Mazzy, Lozzy, uh, everybody, actually. You're getting very busy already today. Uh, I'll come to those comments in a minute. But one more for, for you, Simeon. I thought I understood what liberal meant. I thought it meant tolerant and supporting free speech. What's the Australian definition of liberal? Well, the liberals in Australia are the same as Labor. It's just two parties who are part of the duopoly that runs this country. And they're not interested in free speech. They're interested in free speech for themselves when it comes mm -hmm. to uh, having the freedom to exploit Australia, to exploit the resources of Australia, to exploit taxpayers' money, to hand out money to globalist organisations like Microsoft and fund wars overseas. Senator Patterson has been a great uh, supporter of funding the war in Ukraine and providing them with more weapons. In fact, in the Australian Senate, Senator Patterson screams Slava Ukraini, you know, which means glory to Ukraine in the Senate. But he's the one who's supposed to be there monitoring foreign interference into this country. Well, he is compromised through and through if he is acting like that in the Senate. He's obviously got his uh, loyalties to uh, foreign countries. I've never seen him say anything remotely patriotic or anything in support of Australia. And unfortunately, these are the guys who we have in power. He was born in Melbourne on the 21st of November, 1987. And he himself uh, described his education as being uh, a student at a hippie school in Melbourne's outer suburbs. You can only imagine uh, what kind of a uh, person he was, what kind of a person he became. Uh, joined the Liberal Party at the age of 17, and since then, he has been a Liberal Party stooge. Uh, look, I confess, I myself was a young Liberal at the age of uh, 15. In fact, I was probably the youngest uh, youngest young Liberal in the history of the Liberal Party because I was signed up underage. One of uh, the Liberal Party uh, functionaries was doing branch stacking, and he needed signatures. And he goes, can you sign up? And I said, well, I can't because I'm not 16. And he goes, don't worry, we'll just doctor the date of birth. So there you go. I was a young liberal, and I was probably <laughs> a young liberal before anyone else in this country. And if you think I'm lying, you can go and subpoena the young liberals' documents, and that would um, confirm that it was indeed. So, Senator James Patterson, where you were the student, I was already the headmaster. So, Senator Patterson, if you want your right to reply, come to TNT Radio. Simeon, thanks for uh, bring on Senator Patterson. I will, I will tear him a new one. I'll, I've got it out for this bloke, <laughs> honestly. Well, I would love to have you and him on together. He's got the right to reply. Senator Patterson, you're going to come on. You've raced um, Simeon uh, in the legislature. Simeon's raised you on TNT Radio. Let's have a debate here. Something we can't do in the legislature and explain what your beef is about Simeon. All of that here with me, Lemitopic, and with Simeon Boykoff on TNT Radio. What time is it? Now, TNT Radio News. You know what time it is? Yeah. Time to read some news. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. 
Despite growing concerns, the Australian government has defended its decision to grant visas to more than 800 Palestinians fleeing the war in Gaza. Pyongyang has ripped up a 2018 deal with South Korea, which was designed to reduce military tensions. And India and Russia have announced they are holding joint naval drills aimed at countering global threats and ensuring the safety of ships moving through the Asia-Pacific region. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And do help us get the voice out there, the message out there. Do invite people to come to TNT Radio because, as you've just heard from Simeon and from me, we are the home of free speech. If we criticize somebody, they've got the right to reply. Senator Patterson, have the courage of your convictions. Come on to TNT Radio. Tell us why you think Simeon is wrong. Uh, and obviously, if you are a friend of uh, Senator Patterson's, why not? You, why don't you come along and, and defend him by proxy? What's going on in the chat? We'll be going to Omar Khan quite soon, but I want to try and catch up because you people get so lively on the chat. It's fantastic. If you want to see the whole chat, then go to tntradio.live. Uh, then you can see it all for yourself and you can contribute as well. Also, phone numbers there. If you want to phone in, we'll get you onto the show uh, when we have time. Uh, good morning to Mazzy, Robert, uh, Redneck, uh, Mark, uh, thanks for all these comments. Earlier on, uh, I was talking about free speech and uh, uh, Mark says, I will fight for my right to be offended. That's right. Uh, I think some people mix, <laughs> mix up free speech uh, and offence. You have the right to be offended and you have the right to offend as long as you don't cause material harm to the person uh, to whom you're causing offence. That's actually, in my view, the essence of free speech. That's why I sometimes read highly critical comments out, things which directly criticize me, because you have the right to hear what other people are saying, and then you can make the judgment for yourself. I do not curate criticism, and you feel you can, you're very welcome to make those comments. Uh, Siv, oh, good uh, afternoon to you, Siv. Siv says, hi, then, but do you think anyone is listening to the Conservative Party at the moment? I don't. And, uh, yep, actually, you put that in twice. Um, uh, in two different, slightly different ways. Well, people do listen in the United Kingdom to the Conservative Party, but what they're hearing, they don't really like. <laughs> the Tory party is only about 8% ahead of a group called the Reform, Reform UK. Uh, so they've got a lot of problems at the moment. Uh, I haven't been in Australia for a while, so I'm not sure what the word on the street is about the more liberal, if there are such parties, and conservative parties in, in Australia. But you're probably in a better play, uh, situation to answer your own question, I said, than I am. Lozzie says the Israelis have no rights either. They're all 100% forced uh, to be COVID jabbed. Good point, Lozzie, about the COVID hegemony, the expectation that we all stick this stuff into our arms just because we're told to. I made that mistake and I paid for it. Siv adds, hi, Lemmit and Gemma, is anyone listening to... Oh, yeah, sorry, I've read that one. I apologize. Um, and then we've got... Uh, uh, um, yes, we were talking about uh, automatic tills and where you do your self-service, where you become essentially an employee of the supermarket, because that's what you are whenever you're actually voluntarily checking out for yourself. A process I don't like. I've never liked it. I don't really like buying things online, though I do. Uh, so Matty makes a very good point. I pointed out that irritating phrase, unexpected item in bagging area. Matty says, the unexpected items at these tills are us. Good point. Well made. I often rather queue than even go into the uh, into those lists. Uh, Robert adds, uh, 
about Simeon Boykov. Simeon, both should have received the same number of visas. Yeah, uh, in terms of the uh, the visas which have been handed out to uh, uh, the Palestinians, uh, which are half the number uh, versus the visas which have been handed out to Israelis. So that's an interesting point. Another calculation you could make is the relative numbers of people in those populations. But as Simeon pointed out, Senator Patterson is questioning the probity of giving out these visas to Palestinians, but not to Israelis, as if de facto there's more risk giving these to Palestinians than to Israelis. I've never really judged a person's moral fiber based on their ethnicity. It's implicitly racist, I think, to even do that. But people get away with it because it doesn't sound quite the same if we're talking about things like Palestine and perhaps Iran and all these other countries. I have a lot of very, very good friends with Iran. I've worked uh, in Iran. I've worked with Iranians. And I can tell you, people are the same all over the world. And if you're going to do it for one community, you need to do it to another. So uh, I think that uh, the points that Simeon made were very good. Uh, good morning to Ivan, by the way. I see you've just joined us as well. Uh, look, keep your calls and comments coming. I didn't get through everything there. If you want to see the chat and it's a fast-moving environment, uh, then go to tntradio.live and have your say as well. You get the most out of TNT Radio if you're involved in the conversation. And once again, anyone we mention, uh, anyone in the public eye, if you want your right of reply, then get in touch with TNT Radio. I promise you, anyone I mention on this show is welcome to come on as well. You don't have to agree with me. You just have to agree with free speech. That's the essence of what we do here. I'm Leonard Opic. This is TNT Radio. The climate agenda is a national security risk. Where do you hear this? From Washington, D.C., this is the Morano Minute with your host, TNT Radio's Mark Morano. The climate and energy policies of California are threatening the security of residents. California has increased crude oil imports from foreign countries from 5% just 25 years ago to more than 75% today. According to Heartland analyst Ronald Stein, California is the only state in the United States that imports most of its crude oil feedstock to instant state refineries from foreign countries. California needs this oil for nine international airports and 41 military airports, as well as shipping ports up and down the coast. Meanwhile, Asia has 88 new oil refineries manufacturing fuel for California's airports and shipping terminals. It's time we recognize that the climate agenda is a national security threat. This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT Radio. I was such a young age. Everything changed. My name is Chloe. When I was 13, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. When I found out, I just didn't know how to react. I felt like everything was just kind of closing in on me. It just became a routine. Dad's doing chemo. I'd come home from school, wait for mum to finish work, and we'd go straight to the hospital, spend a few hours there, just draw. It was hard to navigate going to school. Hundreds of kids and I was the only one with a dying dad. He was diagnosed in March and then he died in October. Towards the end, I heard about canteen. It kind of felt nice to know that they had other people like me. They understood what I was going through and we didn't even have to chat about cancer. In 2020, I became a youth ambassador so I can help others the way they helped me. 
I've done so many things since I was 13. I've graduated high school, university, gotten my licence, made a move across the country. Life now is just a whole lot more fun. Please give a gift today to support more young people like me experiencing cancer. This is the Limbit Opic Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Just coming up to quarter to seven in the morning in the UK, quarter to six in the early evening in Sydney and Melbourne. Wherever you are in the world, welcome to TNT Radio, the home of free speech. Get involved in the chat. Lots going on there. Uh, good to see the regulars there, but join us. You don't have to be a regular to be involved in the chat. Uh, the great thing about TNT Radio is we want your point of view. We don't want a particular point of view. We just want your point of view. We give you the facts as best we can, and we express our opinions as well. That's one of the great liberating things about working here. But we want your opinions too. And you can let rip if you disagree with what you're hearing. That's fine. Or if you hear yourself mentioned on the show, whoever you are, you're welcome. From Joe Biden through to David Cameron and all points in between, you are welcome to get involved with the TNT radio chat. This is the future of free speech. Uh, get involved with that in the present. Well, somebody's going to join me now who has never been knowing the undersold uh, in terms of points of view. It's Omar Khan from Sh who's joining us from Sri Lanka. Omar, thanks very much for joining us. What time is it where you are? Um, it's a very amiable 12.15 p.m., um, so have been at it for quite a while, and we also find ourselves, uh, I being an American uh, citizen, despite Sri Lanka being an adopted home, it's Thanksgiving. for So for anyone celebrating that, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, oh, that's very good. Of course it is Thanksgiving. I completely forgot about that. It just comes and goes. Uh, I've always wanted slightly why Thanksgiving is different to Christmas and if it was simply part another part of the collateral damage of the War of Independence. <laughs> but whatever the reason. Well, I think it was, this was the pilgrims. This was more the pilgrims um, having it uh, off with the Indians and trying to s stop whatever they were doing to each other. Of course, the Canadians do Thanksgiving a month earlier. So you can figure that out. That's all in early October. But if you just follow Thanksgiving, you'll never be out of holiday from October till end of uh, December. So. I, I have to. Anyway. I have to. I have to organize some global conferences, and the most difficult thing to do is find a date which doesn't clash with somebody's religious or right. secular holidays. It's almost impossible to do. Yes, unless somebody just sidesteps it. But anyway, um, luck. Going on, Lambert, I, I was interested in your earlier uh, discussion. I, I wonder if, uh, is there somewhere you wanted me to go or? Uh, well, I, I wanted to ask something? you, I, I wanted to know what's on your mind. Uh, in keeping with free speech, I take the dangerous risk of, of letting you say what you want to say. <laughs> and that's a gamble, especially well, with still... you, Omar. <laughs> well, we're still here. So it must be something, unless you're flagellating yourself, that uh, has borne fruit. But I think our exchanges have been fruitful. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I, I, so look, I think I tell so. you what's on yeah, my the mind. The keeps on giving. <laughs> the, the thank you, my friend. Uh, on the free speech front and staying on that topic. So here's an interesting uh, bit of data. Mainstream media, lamestream media, whatever you want to call them, um, have started to switch the tenor of their reporting relative to Gaza and Israel. And lest we be too taken by it, uh, we can examine why we think that is. But just, just what, what do I mean by that? 
The BBC invited the UN envoy for Palestine, Teresa Albanese, onto Newsnight, and she was allowed to publicize the Palestinian plight, and her microphone was not mysteriously disabled mid-sentence <laughs> or anything like that. So she was allowed uh, to let rip. The New York Times, of all places, ran a front-page headline, and I quote, the war turns Gaza into a graveyard for children. The New York Times, CNN two weeks ago, the fount of misinformation. Anderson Cooper interviewed a nurse with Doctors Without Borders who detailed the horror and desperation she had witnessed in Gaza. Jake Tapper attacked the right-wingers in the Israeli government. LA Times featured a professor of genocide studies, no less, a professor of genocide studies, who said we have to forefront, I didn't know that was a verb, to forefront Palestinian voices and experiences to humanize Palestinians in the face of attempts to demonize and silence them. So I won't go on, but there are many other such examples. And so when you look at that, um, you know, we have some of the independent channels saying, even the BBC is seeing through the lies. I think we'd better be a little cautious before we succumb to that naivete. Um, it may be the fact that they're seeing the light. The other thing is that they're following a script. The tiny minority own and control feel that this is uh, a pivot that they want to take. And then the question is why? Why would you want to be shocked, traumatized, sympathetic suddenly? when people were being you know, accused of hate crimes and you know, were being treated, as you said, in unequal ways, even in terms of visa issuance and all kinds of things. Maybe, and this is just a punt from a man, um, and I'd like to hear your thoughts, of course, you're the, you're the maestro here, but Theophile Gautier um, suggested that maybe it is so that when we will heave a sigh of relief when the UNWEFSCFR nexus um, brings us peace and stability, and we will be more pliable for the Great Reset since COVID failed uh, to deliver uh, as they hoped. Um, so that's a thought to stay alert in these strange and treacherous times. A uh, couple of thoughts which you provoke in, in me, Omar. The first one is. Uh, we predicted here at TNT Radio that the establishment would drift away from its unquestioning support for the Israeli regime's approach to Gaza. And sure enough, lo and behold, it's happened. The second mm -hmm. point in response to your question is a speculation of my own. I thought that the establishment would be increasingly worried about a potential rift between them and the people who vote for them. And I think that's beginning to happen. They've become aware of the fact that the public, who don't necessarily know much about Gaza, probably aren't that clear where it is, are nevertheless tremendously disturbed by the news that so many civilians have died. And I'm guessing that this is actually people power to an extent, where with yeah. impending elections in America and the UK, they just can't really risk the fracture. What do you think, Omar? Well, I think, it, I mean, I'm bridging between our two uh, points because I think they're in mm -hmm. harmony. You know, I'm saying 
<clears throat> along with Mr. Gauthier, that they want us to feel a sense of relief that, hey, they, the, the, the powers that be delivered, they brought stability. They put an end to the massacre. So that there's something redemptive uh, about, well, they're not all bad. They're not only out uh, to maim, kill, and plunder. Of course, that shows up in the ballot box, right? And so you're saying that with an eye to the upcoming you know, elections, especially uh, the Biden handlers who are you know, dealing with a grueling, incoherent um, candidate, as opposed to a, to a, a sputtering, semi-coherent candidate um, <laughs> on the other side, um, <laughs> you know, what a choice. Um, I, I think that's very, very salient what you say. And I think it still tallies with the idea that they, they feel that some adult behavior, some stabilizing, you know, because the Ukraine fever is worn off. They're now talking about uh, that Biden's talking points will shift to we achieved much, but time to end it. We achieved much? Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's uh, yes, the, it's interesting how, how uninteresting Ukraine has become. Ukraine's boring, inexpensive. So they yeah. do Israel, uh, Palestine instead. Uh, you're right. I would go further and, and nuance this. I haven't considered it like this before, Omar, but I do think that the the West unswervingly supported Israel to begin with and then was rather caught out. The establishment was caught out when there was so much public support for Palestine, more than I've ever seen before in my entire political life. And then, as you say, they wanted to look like they were the peacemakers. And you can see it. You can see it when Joe Biden starts saying, as best he can say anything, that he believed that there was going to be a deal very soon. And then he's been a bit caught out because uh, I think things got derailed a little bit this morning. And there hasn't been that ceasefire. But it want he wanted to make it look like he had inside knowledge because he had something to do with it. Uh, I suspect he's had all, nothing to do with it whatsoever. I think Qatar's got far more influence than he has, actually, to be honest. Um, and then, as you say, it's the benevolent leadership of these Western powers. Right. And that's perhaps what, right. to, what, what you're saying, what I say, come together. Right, exactly. Well, I think they're trying to massage that narrative. Uh, I mean, I think the wheels did come off a little bit because you're dealing not with entirely sane people on either end. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, when you have as your proxies or puppets or even your agents, uh, people who are decoupled from cost benefit uh, mm. analyses in yeah. the sense are willing to squander lives and everything, then you just have to assume that they're just spasms of sanity that we have to veil off when you say, hey, ceasefire, return hostages. And then, you know, you'll have, of course, the diehards arguing about the nature of the ceasefire. And I think just get the ceasefire, then debate the nature. The, yeah. other, the other thing that ties into that, Omar, it's the first time, uh, once again in my life, I've actually seen senior leaders expressly said, say, and they have been saying, no ceasefire. No, we don't want a ceasefire. Yeah. Uh, when most of the time these very same people said, well, can't we all live in peace? And it's like they're all drinking the same Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, but until it, the moment they're not, they're, then they turn to the switch. And, you know, it's just like everybody's got to be vaccinated to, oh, we didn't know any better, to, oh, we must investigate. Uh, I mean, we're now reached such a point of stupefaction where Moderna's own researchers are calling a halt to trials when their mRNA vaccines for Epstein-Barr 
started to produce myocarditis. And so, is that actually, is, um, is that been, that's been proven? Well, well I mean that there's a, there is a coincidence, if you want to call it, instead of causation, but certainly that same type of myocarditis, I mean, when there's smoke, there's fire. And these researchers said stop, because I think they were worried about what might again be revealed. And maybe this particular uh, undertaking wouldn't have the same global protection. It wouldn't have that same yeah. shield of uh, thou shalt not speak. And so that's why internally they pulled a halt to it. So, you know, I think you are indeed, we're living in troubled times and we're dealing in times where the leaders are simply following a playbook. Yeah. There's somebody calling the shots and it's, it's some cabal of bureaucrats who actually do the task and the leaders are just mouthpieces. I do seem to uh, recall when I was in parliament feeling that I, I was allowed to get on with more or less whatever I wanted as long as I didn't frighten the establishment of horses. Then things would get an awful lot more difficult, a lot more difficult. I proved, well, I was involved in proving that there were murders in, in a place called Deep Cut Army Barracks. I'll say it on air. If anyone has the courage to challenge me, they can come on to TNT radio and tell me why I'm wrong. And as soon as we got pretty good evidence that, for example, you can't shoot yourself in the head twice or throw, shoot yourself in the stomach half a dozen times and then throw the gun 40 feet from your dead body, as soon as we got close to it, everything became really difficult. And some of our witnesses died uh, in mysterious circumstances. And I found it exceedingly difficult to negotiate with the people who previously been very helpful. Now, putting that into what you've said, the Israel-Palestine thing, if you're against the uh, agenda, you're basically cancelled until suddenly the agenda yeah. changes and then you're okay again. And uh, yes. then also suddenly you're sought COVID. after. Suddenly you're sought yeah. after, and you're being quoted. Yeah. Uh, and like the founders of the Great Barrington Declaration have been let out, let out of media jail. They're actually allowed a Twitter account now. Lucky folk. <laughs> 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 that three of the most credentialed scientists in the world uh, are now being allowed to speak again. And um, so you know we find this over and over again. Uh, when even MSNBC is beginning to say that maybe the Ukraine war is not going to be won, the tide mm. is turning. But I think it's turning, as you say, because the elections are in sight. And I guess what we're saying, which is they want to try and reestablish some credentials, mm. however pathetic, that yeah. uh, your leaders are looking after you and we can stabilize the world. So, so, so... Uh, empower us to do it don't don't act like citizens your, your mission should you choose to accept it omar is to answer this question next time you're on what is their long-term intent don't try and answer it now because you've only got like 30 seconds but what is their long-term intent what is it that they're trying to achieve is it really down to power is there some other agenda uh, omar as always it's a pleasure to speak with you and you've provoked let's a lot remember of that for next time 
Uh, yes, and we will continue with that. That's Omar Khan. He's uh, uh, never knowing uh, the undersold for points of view as well. What do you think about that? You got quite deep and heavy there. I'd like to know your views as well. What motivates these people to drive us as they do? Why are you cancelled one minute and then back to flavour of the month the next? Do they actually care about the content or is it something else? Those are questions we can debate here at TNT and TNT Radio alone. Uh, looking at the next uh, uh, next hour, uh, we've got our artificial intelligence. We've got the man who took on the London mayor and won. And we've got a look at the autumn statement in the UK. All that with me, Lambert Topic, right here on TNT Radio. <laughs> 